0: Welcome to the movie planet. Joining me is the Black Widow to my Hawkeye.
1: Steve, welcome back, buddy. Well, I guess it's better that I'm Black Widow this time, because if you were Black Widow, I'd be like,
2: well,
0: It <laughs> hey, would I seduce you, my friend. <laughs> yes. And uh, you know you know what's funny here is being that this is an Avengers. Joining us also today is the Captain America to my Iron Man, America's ass, Joel.
2: Oh, Oh,
0: what's happening
2: <laughs> what a surprise. right
0: my gift <laughs> to you over. my friend
2: <laughs> oh
1: that is a that is a gift and a half how's it going buddy
3: oh man it's going about as well as it can how things going down there
1: dude it's hot but you know what it's it's it's, it's about to get you better now
0: <laughs> <laughs> steve has been with us from the start and he's been doing the last three or four shows with us. Excellent. So uh, he's been leading us through the MCU, if you will, trying to get everybody together for Endgame eventually. That's the goal, is Endgame, get everybody here. But you know what? We got America's ass, and that's what matters. So. Yeah. Well, hey, let's get started here. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook at slash movieplanetpod, Twitter, and Instagram at movieplanetpod. And on the show today, we'll be keeping track of all the movies worth your time in our Movie Planet Preserve. Today, I've nominated the MCU for the Franchise Preserve, and today's movie, The Avengers. Actually titled Marvel's The Avengers, because they didn't want to be confused with that Uma Thurman Avengers movie. Wait. Tell me about that. I don't want to. Marco, fair enough. It was Uma Thurman and I think Ray (laughs) Fiennes. I I don't recall. (laughs) Not many do. Let's see here. The comic book movie, Brant Preserve, is comprised of seven and only seven films. And currently there are seven films in this preserve. Well, actually there's eight. There are eight right now because we had a tie last week. Deadpool is number one with an A. Iron Man is number two with an A. The Dark Knight is an A. Batman begins as an A minus, Captain America the first Avenger a B, Thor a B, and then we've got a a little tie here, a little DC versus Marvel tie. Green Lantern with a C plus, and Iron Man with a two with a C plus. And I gave him the option, I gave Steve the option here of defending a Green Lantern grade. So, Steve, what is your grade for Green Lantern?
1: All right. So, for the longest time, I really, really like this movie. I think, actually, I think it was Joel, the one who really got me on the Green Lantern <laughs> kick. It really was, because I remember listening to that podcast, and he just, like, absolutely loved it from back in the movie playground. That's what got me actually on the kick. That's what got me a fan of Green Lantern. But if there was ever an average movie for Now this, you get to shit on it, Joel. <laughs> <or Steve. laughs> this, is, this is it. It made a lot of sense when I saw it for the second time, and I think the second time I took, your advice joe and saw the extended version yes um because parallax made a heck of a lot more sense that alone just knocks it down for me just because i had to see it a second time to understand it even more well there's a movie out there that i have to watch a second time because you know it's funny because i listened to fantastic mr fox today (laughs) and that was the one thing jc had mentioned that he had to see that a second time and that was the confusing part but um i don't know Blake Lively is my Scarlett Johansson. It's a nice sandwich. It, I don't know. I thought the film was too Batman Foreverish, And what I mean when I say that is it just looked cartoony when it probably shouldn't have been, you know, with the suit and the whole cosmic outer space thing. It, that that was the first thing I thought of. It was very Batman Foreverish. ish So well, I give it a C.
3: That's a fair analysis. Yeah, I'd oh, say so.
1: I, I accept that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that puts Green Lantern at a firm C+ which means Green Lantern
3: drops out of the Pantheon. Oh.
0: But don't worry, Joel, because Iron Man 2 will surely be out of this also after today's
3: show. <laughs> do, you, do you remember what came first, Green Lantern or Iron Man? We'll, we'll fact check it. <laughs> yeah, get I on think, that. Like, I remember seeing Green Lantern be like, oh, this is like a very fantastic, like, strange superhero movie. Right. But that's when Iron Man came out. I was like, Whoa. <laughs> I didn't realize they could do this. I yeah, mean, I think Batman Begins <laughs> kind of did it also.
0: Well, hey, the higher the grade we give this movie, the longer it may be staying there. Or Only a film with a higher grade can kick it down on its butt from the preserve in the future. So we will discuss the movie, and in an hour or so, we will analyze it and grade it and figure out if we need to boot a movie out. This is a spoiler-rich podcast, so if you haven't seen 2012's Marvel's The Avengers, it's best if you stop right here, watch the movie, and then turn us back on to enjoy our discussion and analysis. But now that we've handled that business, let's get down to business with how this movie came came to be so this week we are discussing 2012's marvel's the avengers a movie made for a small 220 million dollars that brought in 1.5 billion worldwide damn
1: that's a lot of cash wow decent yeah
0: written by zach penn and joss whedon produced by kevin feige and directed by joss whedon just say it i know you want to phage there it is
1: i always thought it was phage
0: you both suck okay Starring Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, Chris Evans as Captain America, Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk, Chris Hemsworth as Thor, Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow, Jeremy Whitrenner as Hawkeye, Tom Hiddleston as Loki, Clark Gregg as Phil Coulson, Kobe Smulders as Maria Hill, Stellan Skarsgard as Eric Solvig, the list keeps going, Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts, Paul Bettany as Jarvis, Maximiliano Hernandez as Jasper Sitwell, and Stan
1: Lee as the old guy in the news report at the end.
0: Superheroes in new york it's my
1: yeah that's i was waiting for that to come up. that i was like uh, at one point i was like did i miss stan lee and i was just like oh he came up at the very end i was well, like
0: hey he's not in far from home
3: <laughs> oh that makes sense he's All not right. in spider-man far from home if i remember no but i'm the same way i was in the i was at the the battle scene at the end and i was like have they shown stan lee yet <laughs> and we couldn't remember if like this had started yet or what the deal was but yeah he sure enough does make a very small appearance yeah yeah
2: yeah
0: Okay, development-wise, it should be stated up front, according to everything I've read, this Marvel Cinematic Universe started with the intention of individual movies ramping up to a team-up. It was not by accident that this happened. We go back to April of 2005, seven years before Avengers and three before the first Iron Man. The original plan involved Marvel making a pitch to Wall Street analysts with the distribution rights going to Paramount Pictures that involved releasing individual films for the main characters to establish them and then do a crossover film. They got Zach Penn, who also helped write the Hulk movie, to write a treatment for this movie in 2007, but nothing was set in stone until they could see how Iron Man did at the box office. It was a massive success, so the company went about setting a tentative release date of July 2011 for the Avengers movie. It should also be noted, for those that have been following along with how Marvel Studios came to be, that in September 2008, Marvel reached an agreement with Paramount, which gave the company distribution rights for five future Marvel films. Now, casting-wise, one big name which is missing in this movie is Don Cheadle's War Machine. Apparently, in early drafts, he was involved, but most of the drafts afterwards, he had been written out, simply because it just felt too jam-packed. Now, back in 2008, they also added Jon Favreau to be an executive producer of the movie, following the success of Iron Man. And Marvel Studios signed a long-term lease with Rally Studios to produce Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, The First Avenger. Now, going through the list of things here, we got Iron Man. Uh, Downey was the first one on board for this as he signed a deal to appear in Avengers the same day he signed his contract for the first Iron Man. We got Hulk. In September 2009, Ed Norton stated he was open to returning to the film. In 2010, Ruffalo replaced Ed Norton, whom Marvel declined to have back. Quote We have made the decision to not bring back Ed Norton to portray the title role of Bruce Banner in The Avengers, stated Feige. Our decision is definitely not one based on monetary factors, but instead rooted in the need for an actor who embodies the creativity and collaborative spirit of our other talented cast members. The Avengers demands players who thrive working as part of an ensemble, as evidenced by Robert, Chris H., Chris E., Samuel, Scarlett, and all of our talented casts. We are looking to announce a name actor who fulfills these requirements and is passionate about the iconic role in the coming weeks. End quote. In response, Norton's agent, Brian Swordstrom, decried Feige's statement calling it purposefully misleading and an inappropriate attempt to paint our client in a negative light. In October 2014, Norton claimed it was his own decision never to play Hulk again because he wanted more diversity with his career and did not want to be associated with only one character. Now we go to Black Widow. Look, March of 2009, Scarlett Johansson replaced Emily Blunt in portraying Natasha Romanoff in a deal that linked her to the upcoming Avengers movie. We go to Thor, Chris Hemsworth, and Tom Hiddleston joined the cast in June 2009, right after they began filming the original Thor. Hawkeye, Jeremy Renner signed a deal to portray Hawkeye in 2010, while on set of Thor for the Avengers. Captain America, In 2010, Chris Evans was signed on to a three-picture deal that included the Avengers movie right after being hired as Captain America. Agent Phil Coulson, he signed a deal shortly after Renner and Ruffalo for Coulson to be in Avengers. Now, if Nick Fury is the father and Maria Hill is the son, Coulson is the Holy Spirit of S.H.I.E.L.D. And finally, we got Nick Fury. February 2009, Sam Jackson signs a nine-picture deal with Marvel Entertainment. We go to July 2009. Zach Penn is working on the script, and in it he tries to reduce Thor's role because he wasn't sure if Thor would translate properly on film. Keep in mind, Thor hadn't come out in theaters yet. When he saw Hemsworth was cast as Thor in the movie, he changed his mind and made Loki the villain of the Avengers. The original villain for the Avengers was Red Skull. Okay, now we're going into pre-production here. April 2010, Joss Whedon is close to competing a deal completing a deal to direct the film and rework Penn's script, and finally gets the job three months later in July. Whedon stated at the 2010 San Diego Comic-Con International that what drew him to the film is that he loves how these people shouldn't be in the same room, let alone on the same team, and that is the definition of family. End quote. (laughs) So Whedon gets Penn's script and basically tells Kevin Feige it's lacking character and they have to start at square one. He goes on to write a five-page treatment titled, quote, Avengers, Some Assembly Required. A joke on Avengers Assemble. Feige and company read his treatment, they love it, and basically give him a blank check to do whatever he wants, plot-wise, as long as he includes the Avengers against Loki, a battle among the heroes in the middle, a battle against the villains at the end, and that the film is ready for theaters by May 2012. This is when Whedon jumps in the sandbox and starts to play with his toys within the confines of the rules. Here are some ideas that were thought about but never came to fruition. At one point, Black Widow was not even expected to be in the movie, so her character was written as the Wasp. And Ezekiel Stane, Obadiah's son, had a big role at one point because Whedon was worried Hiddleston wouldn't be enough to take on the Avengers. Okay, so Whedon would ultimately share final screenplay credit with Penn though Whedon noted that he wanted all the credit and he was not too happy with it considering he basically did the whole thing. Penn felt the two, quote, could have collaborated more, but that was not his choice. He wanted to do it his way, and I respect that, end quote. That's probably a smart smart move on his part, seeing how he did Ed Norton dirty on The Incredible Hulk. So in August 2010, it was reported that Paramount Pictures and Marvel Studios were planning to start shooting in February, October 2010, Walt Disney Studios agreed to pay Paramount at least $115 million for the worldwide distribution rights to Iron Man 3 and The Avengers. The deal also allowed Paramount to continue to collect the 8% box office fee it would have earned for distributing the film and a marquee credit, placement of the company's production logo on marketing materials, and the film's opening titles. As a result, the on-screen production credit reads, Marvel Studios Presents... In association with Paramount Pictures, though the film is solely owned, distributed, financed, and marketed by Disney, Paramount's epics retained pay TV rights. Now, casting reached its final stages in the following year. In February 2011, Kobe Smulders acquired the role of Maria Hill after participating in screen tests conducted by Marvel for the role of a key S.H.I.E.L.D. member, who Samuel L. Jackson described as Nick Fury's sidekick. Over the successive months, the film's cast expanded to include Stellan Skarsgård, Paul Bettany, and Gwyneth Paltrow. Paltrow was cast at Downey's insistence. Prior to this, Whedon had not intended the film to include supporting characters from their heroes' individual films, commenting, You need to separate the characters from their support systems in order to create the isolation you need for this team. Now we go into post-production. In a May 2012 interview, Whedon said that it was his decision to include Thanos in a post credit scene, although the character is not identified in the film. Quote, He, for me, is the most powerful and fascinating Marvel villain. He's the great-granddaddy of the badasses, and he's in love with death, and I just think that's so cute. For me, the greatest Avengers comic book was Avengers Annual Number no. 7 that Jim Starlin did following the Marvel 2-in-1 Annual Number no. 2 that contained the death of Adam Warlock. Those were some of the most important texts and, I think, underrated milestones in Marvel history. And Thanos is all over that. So somebody had to be in control and it had to be behind Loki's work, and I was like, it's got to be Thanos. And they said, uh, okay. And I'm like, oh, my God. End quote. An additional coda involving the Avengers eating shawarma was shot on April 12, 2012, a day after the world premiere. Evans wore a prosthetic jaw while filming the scene to cover the beard he had grown. Shawarma sales in Los Angeles, St. Louis, and Boston reportedly skyrocketed in the days following the film's release. Whedon stated the inspiration for the shawarma scene came from the events surrounding the filming of the scene where Fred dies in Wesley's arms in an Angel episode, A Hole in the World. After filming the scene, Whedon and actors Amy Acker and Denisoff, who portrayed Fred and Wesley, respectively, quote, went out for drinks and ended up just sitting around quietly, exhausted from the day's events. End quote. Which Whedon then mimicked in the scene for the film. Now, musically speaking, in November 2011, Marvel announced that Alan Silvestri, who scored Captain America the First Avenger, would write and compose the score for The Avengers. Silvestri developed the score with the London Symphony Orchestra at Abbey Road Studios in London, England.
3: Are we going to talk about how bad Thanos looks
0: in the oh, after credit scene, though? We'll get there. Bad. Oh, we'll, Not we'll, good. No. No. <laughs> Joel, do you remember seeing this for the first time?
3: Um, Yeah, I was way behind on this one. I think I probably saw it for the first time two or three years back when I started coming in for this podcast. Oh, um, right. Until then, I'd heard that it was good from a bunch of people, but I honestly had no desire to watch it myself. Steve, how about you?
1: You know, I think I, this might have been probably one of the first Marvel movies I saw – before i went on my um my joe journey and um (laughs) you know i think i just was like okay you know it's a little little action film and then you know i hadn't seen anything before it so i didn't really take it as seriously well you were also
0: hardcore dc
1: yeah, I was yeah. I love the Batman, it. the uh, the <laughs> Nolan trilogy. That was like my thing that I just love watching the best, you know, the Dark Knight and whatnot. So Marvel, I didn't really get too much into after kind of watching these now in order the way we've done them this movie just pops a lot more. So, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Especially so after you see Endgame. You
0: see uh, for me, I, I remember, because I was completely overwhelmed, I had never seen anything like this before, and I, I did a double take when I left the theater by going back to the box office booth and getting a second ticket to see it again because I heard I missed a big thing after the credits. No way. I completely missed the Thanos thing at the end of the credits.
3: So did you just wow. go back in a different theater, or did you go back and watch the movie altogether? Oh, I watched the whole movie again. That's
1: amazing. Yeah.
0: In fact, Steve, do you remember the guy Robert Hargey?
1: No, not big. No, it does okay. doesn't ring a bell.
0: He was with me when I saw... He he went to go see Prometheus with me when I had the unfortunate oh, incident okay. of the fat lady next oh, to me oh, yeah. with the fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's get started with walking through this lovely little film.
4: Please tell me you're going to appeal to my humanity. Uh, actually, I'm planning to threaten you. You should have left your armor on for that. Yeah. Seen a bit of mileage, and you've got the... Uh little stick of destiny. Would you like a drink? Stalling me won't change anything. No, 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 threatening. No drink, you sure? I'm having one. The Chitauri are coming. Nothing will change that. What have I to fear? The Avengers. That's what we call ourselves, sort of like a team. Earth's Mightiest Heroes type thing. Yes, I've met them. Takes us a while to get any traction, I'll give you that one. But let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod, a super soldier, living legend who kind of lives up to the legend, a man with breathtaking anger management issues, a couple of master assassins, and you, big fella, you've managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan. Not a great plan. When they come, and they will, They'll come for you. I have an army. We have a Hulk. Oh, I thought the beast had wandered off. You're missing the point. There's no throne. There is no version of this where you come out on top. Maybe your army comes and maybe it's too much for us, but it's all on you. Because if we can't protect the earth, you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it.
0: Nick Fury, the director of the espionage agency known as S.H.I.E.L.D., arrives at Project Pegasus. Now, if you're a Captain Marvel fan, you get a little bit more as to what that is a remote research facility during an evacuation. His second-in-command, Maria Hill, explains that the Tesseract, a self-sustaining energy source of unknown potential, has activated and opened a portal through space from which the exiled Asgardian prince Loki steps through. Loki takes the Tesseract and uses a scepter to control the minds of several S.H.I.E.L.D. personnel, including Agent Clint Barton and physicist consultant Dr. Eric Selvig in order to aid in his getaway. Now, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but did you notice how many times they said phase two? No, I didn't. They said Uh it four times in this film. Yeah. And what's funny is that in Spider-Man Far From Home, they say phase four a couple times. So I'm wondering if in all these Avengers movies or the movies right before the end of the phase, they make a point of saying, oh, I wonder what's in phase two. I wonder what's this and that.
3: Oh, that'd be interesting to see.
0: Yeah. And what was phase one and phase three? Well, phase one was all the movies up to Avengers. Okay. And then phase two is Iron Man 3 to Age of Ultron. No, to Ant-Man. Okay. Yeah, and then Uh, Phase 3 is everything up until Spider-Man Far From Home. Got it. Yeah, and everybody's everybody's suspecting that Phase 4 is going to include the Fantastic Four. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Question, guys. We now know how the Infinity Stones work. You have to have them in your possession in order to use them. How does Loki travel that distance without the Tesseract? Mm. Uh, Idris Elba? Can he zap him down? Get, it
1: result oh. did it?
2: Yeah, I don't. Heimdall.
0: Think. Well, remember at the end of Thor, Loki had dropped off of that.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, but he could not So, <laughs> Steve. So I guess it sounds like you're thinking like, how did he even show up? At, how did he even show up there?
0: Yeah, because it does the Tesseract is the space stone that allows you to go through space.
1: So I guess the thing that I thought of is that they were kind of poking and prodding at this thing, and they eventually got it activated, and I don't know if in whatever. Uh, cosmic origin that Loki was at you know noticed this and then tapped into it and then transferred it to to wherever the Tesseract was you know being poked and prodded at so I don't know if he had a uh, had access to everything and anything about the Tesseract and then once they saw it boom they tapped into it and it brought him there
0: so well this has been plaguing me all day I've been looking this up all over the place to find every theory possible as to how this happened and apparently it was the big question on the internet how did Loki travel back to Earth anyway did you find anything I did The first thing was that, if you remember at the end of, I want to say, Thor, you see a scene of Eric Selvig looking at the Tesseract for the first time with Samuel L. Jackson. And Loki says, oh, that looks like something interesting. And Eric Selvig says the exact same thing, like he's being manipulated by Loki. So Loki has been to Earth. So the first thought is, okay, he's already got a bit of a hold on Eric Selvig already. So what if he planted the idea in Selvig's head to build the portal unknowingly to where he was? Then, and this is where it gets really weird because I actually pulled up a transcript here of the entire script. And there's a scene in there when Iron Man first shows up on the helicarrier. Carrier, and he's talking about it like, that man's playing Galaga, that whole scene.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They,
0: they say a lot of jargon. But if mm-hmm. you read through it, they're explaining how Loki got there. Really? Yeah. And this is the quote right here. When did you become an expert in thermonuclear astrophysics?
4: Last night. The packet. Subic's notes. The extraction theory papers.
0: Am I the only one who did the read? So, the extraction theory extracting from another place.
4: Does Loki need any particular kind of power source?
5: He'd have to heat the cube to 120 million Kelvin just to break through the Coulomb barrier.
4: Unless Subic has figured out how to stabilize the quantum tunneling effect.
5: Well- the quantum
0: tunneling. Unless Selvig has figured out the quantum tunneling effect, so it's buried right there in the script in too much science.
3: Yeah, that would be when I would zone out.
0: <laughs> I think everybody did because nobody could answer the question. Yeah, but it's right there, so th- that's how it happens. I just could you have made it more complicated?
3: No, oh, I'm sure they could have, but <laughs> sounds like a lot of trouble. Yeah, we get. Hey, we get Hawkeye. And uh, oh. now he's gone.
1: <laughs> the, hawk, the hawk in his nest. <laughs> yeah.
3: Hawkeye's there and gone. Say so, Hawkeye is probably one, an underrated or underappreciated character, whichever word you want to take. But also like a very sneaky, just like roller coaster that he's been on. You know, <laughs> as far as everything that happens to him from beginning to end. Yes. And not having his own movie. <laughs> I feel like people forget that. Well, Black Widow well, Black Widow's about to have her own movie. So it's yeah. just Hawkeye that's left out in the cold. Yeah, I mean, well, he had a what was it? Um, not Jarhead. Oh, the Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker. Yeah, he had that, which that was a ride as well. Yes, and wasn't Falcon in that also? Yeah, he was. <laughs> was he a born at one point too? Falcon? No. Uh, oh yeah, Renner. He was the other born. Yeah, the other guy. <laughs> Anyways, Marvel and
0: <laughs> Marvel stuff. Okay, so yeah, here we go. In response, Fury reactivates the Avengers initiative. Agent Natasha Romanoff recruits Dr. Bruce Banner in India. Uh, we get her introduce, introduction to Black Widow, and she's going to go get the big green guy. And this is also the first time we've seen Hulk not as Edward Norton.
3: No way. And now we've got... Oh, that's right. There were two Hulk movies previously.
0: So <laughs> what would you think of Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk, Steve?
1: It was... Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of Ed Norton being the Hulk. <gasps> um, but so far, I was just like... Blaster. Uh, it's, it's still the beginning. You can kind of see that he was wrestling with some with some uh, inner demons. Yeah. No pun. Yeah, it was okay so far.
0: I think Ruffalo plays wounded better than Ed Norton.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I would agree. Ed uh, Norton looks
0: like he kick somebody's ass. Mark Ruffalo doesn't look like he kick anybody's ass.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. The the thing with oh. though that Ruffalo does well is he does the stutter well. Uh, yes. Like the hesitation and the lack of eye contact, but all of his off screen stuff, I was. Uh, when I was watching, I was like, I don't know if I like Ruffalo or not. Mm-hmm. But it's because he does such a good job when he's on screen. But when he's off screen, he is also kind of a goober. <laughs> in that, like, he's giving away secrets during pressers and things like that. And so, I, when I'm watching the movie, sometimes I'm like, yeah, it's just Ruffalo. I wonder how many people hate him. <laughs> because, but, I mean, he does a great job, like, when you break it down. But he... Went on such like a tear of actually being a loon. Yeah, at all those pressures. But at the same time, he got a little silly towards the end of the movies too. Well, if this you, is
0: the first time. This is the first role he had where he wasn't like an uber serious role. He's always right. played somebody serious. Right.
3: But he's like, it's. Like, I'm. I'm rewatching Happy Endings. Okay. And you yeah. know how they make Elijah Cuthbert's character like just sillier and sillier, more like like Joey Tribbiani as the series goes on. Yes. That's what I feel like they did with Hulk. And this is like the first time we really get like the serious Hulk. Uh huh. And, I mean, he's still awkward, but whereas at the end, he's pretty much, uh, what's his name, drinking Slurpees from Stranger Things Season 3. Oh, Smirnoff. Sh- yeah, Smirnoff. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's what Ruffalo turns into. He's Smirnoff. towards. Yeah, he's Smirnoff towards yeah. the end of the series.
0: <laughs> Alexi, there's a. It's really cool how Black Widow truly is, like, the greatest. She is the spy of spies. Like, yeah. She's doing the she's getting interrogated, but she's actually the one doing the interrogation. And then you see her getting the Hulk, and she seems all smooth and cool about it. And the minute that he loses his cool, she's shaking with that revolver, and she's got like that place surrounded with an army.
3: <laughs> yeah, she's cool. she's a uh, cool as a cucumber in this one.
0: Yeah, yeah, this this it's kind of funny because every version of Black Widow in all the movies is a little bit different. It's almost like they couldn't pin down exactly who she was. Because in the first one, there is no silliness at all. It's, right. it's straightforward. There is no humor. And Wait, this one. What was her
3: first appearance?
0: First appearance was in Iron Man 2. Okay. Yeah. This one, you know, she's got a lot more humor to her. Mm-hmm. You know? And then, as we see late, like, like Winter Soldier, she loosens up a little bit more. But the stakes are higher. So it's almost like you expect her to get tightened more. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just reading Yeah, it.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, she got a little goofier in this movie, but there actually was two times, one when she's with Hulk, and there was another time where she is, like, visibly shaken, like she's scared. Yeah. Now, I'm not, I, the one with Loki, that was just all play, but there was, I like, think, a time other that was she was almost, like, in the field position, and she was just, like, nervous as all heck.
0: Oh, that's after Hulk goes on his terror in the Hell Carrier.
1: Yeah, that really scared the heck out of her.
0: Yeah, but then she turns it right off and gets back to, back to the mission. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. Uh, Agent Phil Colson visits Tony Stark at Stark Tower, where Pepper Potts is uh, getting 12% of the credit and requests that he reviews Selvig's re- research. Fury himself approaches Steve Rogers with an assignment to retrieve the Tesseract from Loki, and Rogers is all too familiar with the Tesseract as it played a vital role in his World War II exploits with Red Skull. Now, it should be also noted that the early drafts of this, Red Skull was the bad guy. It wasn't Loki. Oh, really? Yeah. So when you look at it that way, it's kind of like you can see how they try to put the Tesseract in this thing with Red Skull. Steve, would you have preferred Loki or Skull?
1: I think I would have. I think I'm glad they did Loki because he is the master manipulator. Uh, But I can actually see how they could have done it either way, all because of how the heck did Loki get there? (laughs) <laughs> you know, he was dropped off the face of Asgard, and the same thing that happened at the end of Captain America. You know, Red Skull just kind of vanished into nothingness. So, yeah. how they would get there and be their dominant self, like, you know, it didn't matter which one there, but I'm glad they did Loki. I've, he's, I, he's like next to, it's like Thanos, then Loki in my eyes.
3: <laughs> and it's funny, like, from the very beginning, H- Huddleston, Huddleston, Hiddleston, 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 Hiddleston. like, He looks evil. They do a great job of making him look like very pointy and very maniacal. He's got the nose and the chin and the horns and the pointy dress and the shoulder pads. And so they do a great job from the first part of revealing him from the close-up going back. He monologues well. He does. He does. And there's something that I guess is more approachable because you're not having to learn a new villain. And granted, like Red Skull we had known of before. But we got to know him a little more personally with Thor. Yeah. So it's almost, yes, we have all these familiar heroes, but it was a great call for them to put in a familiar villain
1: that we had some rapport with as well before we got into Thanos. Yeah. Were you say no, something I wonder Steve? if they didn't put in Red Skull because they couldn't get the original actor, because I think you mentioned that last
0: time. That's right, because Hugo Weaving didn't want to be Red Skull anymore after Captain America.
1: He Which had a, if that's he had an awful sense. experience on the
0: sh- on the movie. Really? Well, imagine putting that prosthetics on all the time. Yeah, true. Like, but he didn't return for Endgame. That wasn't him or Infinity War. They had a voice actor do it. Oh
3: really? Yeah, somebody was faking Hugo Weaving's voice. Oh, interesting. <laughs> that blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> would you say that the villain they were going to have, Ezekiel who? Ezekiel Stain.
0: Okay, Romanoff, Coulson, Rogers, and Banner meet on the shield helicarrier before it goes airborne. Dr. Banner is escorted to his lab after a brief meeting with Fury. Banner has been consulted to trace the gamma signature that the Tesseract radiates. After spending some time tracking the whereabouts of the Tesseract on the helicarrier, a man of Loki's description is located in Europe. So this is kind of... If if you've gone all the way to Endgame, this is one of those moments where you're like, oh, this is like, for Star Wars fans, it's like, Obi-Wan meet Anakin. This is Captain America meeting Bruce Banner for the first time, and meeting Black Widow for the first time. And it's kind of like, you're seeing the genesis of what Endgame is going to be eventually.
1: No, yeah, it is Uh, the when the Endgame is, yeah, it's just like, okay, this is when they first met, so you kind of see how... He, you know, every single every person plays off each other, and it's just you know from beginning to end. Cap's still kind of the same. You know, goes in there and just takes the lead off of everything. Uh, <laughs> what a I'll, dick! I'll, I'll, I'll get into that. I'll get into that later.
0: <laughs> I'm assuming you have something to say. <laughs> uh, there is funny because we also know that Black Widow and Bruce Banner eventually have a little tryst. They have that in Age of Ultron. So yeah, this is right. She's the one showing him around the Helicarrier. So that rapport is already starting between those two. Oh, yeah. Um, Which, ironically enough, Joss Whedon wasn't signed on yet to do any other Avengers films. And when he was asked to do Age of Ultron, the next one, he was like, okay, cool. I can do my Black Widow and Hulk story now.
2: And it's Mm -hmm. in there.
3: How many did he end up doing?
0: He did those two, and then he was exhausted.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like the Russo brothers, they did three.
3: He's done two. (laughs) Man, it's a shame he couldn't get more money out of that, you know?
0: Well, he made two pretty damn good movies, (laughs)
2: Yeah, <laughs> you hate to hear it.
0: Okay, Iron Man, Captain America, and Romanoff travel to Stuttgart, Germany, to apprehend Loki, who, with the aid of a mind-controlled Barton, is stealing iridium needed to stabilize the Tesseract and demanding worship. Might I add, he pulls a dude's eyeball out of his head.
3: That might be my be- my favorite like villain part of this film. <laughs> That's the best part? Yeah, as far as like bad boys go, yeah. like in the in these movies every the main antagonist, it's always very like supernatural and I'm going to snap my fingers and everything's going to happen. Yeah. It's like what everyone loved with the Joker in The Dark Knight. He puts the pencil through the guy's eye. And so here with Loki, it's like it's more than just magic and snapping of fingers. He snapping of fingers, he's willing to just like get kind of dirty for the cause of becoming
1: powerful. Yes. Yeah, this this is like, yeah, this this put him on a different level that he's kind of willing to do anything. But you know, it was interesting. The first couple, the first time or so I saw that, that's immediately what I thought it was. Just, oh my God, he took his eye out.
2: <laughs> and then I watched
1: it last night, and then you know how he's has that thing over his guy's eye, and then it's manipulating on a different device. I'm just like. Is he really digging it out or is it just kind of a laser kind of scanning it and then projecting it somewhere else?
3: I think that's what it is. I think that it's like a three prong, almost like a chicken claw that just like goes (laughs) over his face and sticks there because you're right. His eye is still moving voluntarily. Right. So I think that the tough part is like the fact that it's probably is stuck into this guy's head or his face. Well, it doesn't go gently
0: into the guy's face either. No, He no. slams it onto I'm his not, head.
3: I'm not defending his actions. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not telling the kids to go do it. Um, but I was thinking, I was like, this is Disney, as I've been told. Uh, this was actually Paramount.
0: Okay, that's what I thought. Because it says, Marvel Studios in in partnership with Paramount at the beginning.
3: Okay. Yeah. So I was talking to someone else who's on good authority that knows more about superhero movies than me. I was like, I didn't think Disney owned this yet. They're like, Oh yeah, yeah,
0: this was Disney. So Disney owned the property, but they did not own the distribution nor the rights yet.
3: Got it. Yeah, mm. not yet. Now they do. Now they. Yeah, now they, they own everything. They owned
0: Marvel, but at this point, because the movie was already being made by Paramount, they it was going to go more to Paramount and Marvel. Was this the last one?
3: Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
0: Then it's all downhill from there. I mean, yeah, they, they just shit the oh, bed after just this a bunch of for 17 movies. Yeah,
3: <laughs> just a pile of trash
2: bags. <laughs>
0: Okay, after a battle with the heroes, and mind you, this is a fantastic battle. This is Iron Man versus Thor, and then Cap comes in with his underoos to stop these two. Cap seems really undergunned in this battle with Thor and Iron Man. They're both bringing lightning and thrusters. He's got a shield.
3: Yeah, so this is where I would like to talk about something. Yeah, As far as the physics go, I... (laughs) Couldn't I? I mean, I guess I enjoyed the scene. It's fine for what it was, in Loki just watching from up top. But w- at what point does science come in with Thor's hammer? Because he, I've seen him put it on people's chests, yes, and obviously their rib cage and the cartilage is strong enough to hold it up and worthy enough to hold up the ladder, the hammer. Ah. But if he throws it, it'll go through the side of a mountain. Or like draw, like take down every tree in the area, but he he'll, he'll set it down on some grass and it'll just stay there. Like I understand bedrock is strong, right? But in <laughs> movies like he, he was it Iron Man, he just like holds on the ground. It's like Iron Man Iron Man suit shouldn't be that strong to where it doesn't dent because of the hammer. I think he does it to Loki and Thor. Okay, he puts it on Loki's chest. Yes. Yeah. 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 But it, like it happens at another time in this. I'm like. Some, like, we need to see more stuff just get obliterated by oh, the Oh, it's when Hulk grabs it
0: and he's trying to get it, his fingers are, are stuck underneath the hammer's uh, handle, and he yeah. can't get his hand out of it.
3: Yeah, I mean, there, there, yeah. there are a few things like that, but I'm like, we should just see, there should be like a, like a deleted scene where Thor has to apologize to people be like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I, I didn't intend for yeah for it to like, go through your car or cat, and <laughs> I apologize for that.
0: The uh here's the thing. They have the discussion in Age of Ultron. Steve, you might remember this where they're going over like who can carry it, like why vision could grab it, because vision's not a person. Yeah. Like it's only people who are worthy. People who are worthy can wield the hammer. People who are not worthy cannot wield it. However, inanimate objects are okay because there's a point where they say, well, hold on. If we put the hammer in an elevator and the elevator goes up, does that make the elevator worthy?
3: Yeah, see, now you're with me,
0: right? <laughs> and they were like, no, no, it's got to be a person. It's got to be a soul. Okay. Now, in response to you, maybe it's because what they're saying is everybody is a little worthy in some way, shape, or form, just not all the way worthy. Oh,
3: okay. Otherwise, so, it would go right through their damn chest. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> it sh- essentially, it should be a lightsaber.
0: Yeah, yes.
3: Just yeah. splits obliter- atoms.
0: Obliterates a human. Yes. <laughs> Which would you rather have? Thor's I would rather ha- have
3: the lightsaber, like, going through.
0: <laughs> Thor's hammer or the lightsaber? You'd have ra- rather have lightsaber? No, I
3: mean, I'd rather behave like a lightsaber to where people <laughs> are like, guys, just let Thor do his thing. Oh, so, like, Stormbreaker. Oh, I'm yeah. just kidding. Ask your actual question. I'm sorry. That was the actual <laughs> was <my> question. <laughs> 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 um, the hammer's cool for what the hammer does in Ragnarok. I loved the... You mean... The battle scene at the very beginning. We're oh, okay. spinning it around, yeah. knocking out all those zombies or yeah. whatever. Yeah,
0: that's the last time we see it do any damage either. No, oh, you're right. I mean, until Endgame. Oh, yeah, mm. it goes out with a good bang, though. Yeah, because then he's got Steve's fantasy football name, Stormbreaker.
1: Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Stormbreaker.
0: Which, did you see my name, Steve?
1: I did. I am inevitable. <laughs> yes, that is
0: my team name now. I am inevitable. Okay. <clears throat> After a battle with the heroes, Loki surrenders and is being returned to the helicarrier in the Quinjet. Thor, Loki's adoptive brother and the Asgardian god of thunder, attempts to free Loki and reason with him. After a confrontation with Iron Man and Captain America, Thor accompanies them to imprison Loki on the helicarrier. And the helicarrier's got a nice little room in
3: there, fit for a Hulk.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that that
3: took me a little longer than I'm proud of to uh, recognize in the film.
0: Well, that's because for, for one thing, you're sitting there going were they planning on getting Loki? And if so, what were they going to do if the Hulk was already in
3: there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this well, is why This is why I try not to think too much outside of the <laughs> like outrageous in these movies. Like, I focus on the hammer and things I'll get to in my bottom three. Yeah. But.
0: Noticeably, not in this movie. Where the hell is War Machine? I was just thinking that.
1: Yeah, for being a... Uh... Had they Pretty uh, surreal moment, you know, that everything's going on, that they wouldn't uh, tap into his, uh, or at least Iron Man bring him along.
3: Yeah.
0: I mean, War Machine was in the, one of the early drafts. He was in there, and they took him out because they were like, well, it's
3: too jam-packed. I'm like, two? One more person would have been a problem? Because <laughs> right, he was in Iron Man 2, right? Yeah. They'd already recast Don Cheadle. Yes. So there should have been no issues as far as that goes
0: in fact he's in the very next movie iron man 3
3: yeah
1: well i guess unless they wanted to you know the, it is the avengers and i guess they, if they wanted to establish the team then you got the avengers plus uh war machine and it will be like well i don't know i don't know i, I think they might have just kept him out just to focus on the team
2: <sighs> that's probably i don't know
0: it's like it's not the original seven then it's the original six Yeah. You know? hockey terms
3: in honor of Don Cheadle, would you like to say your favorite Don Cheadle role since he wasn't invited to this film?
0: I would. My favorite Don Cheadle role is from House of Lies. Oh that's my favorite role
3: Don Cheadle's ever done. My second is War Machine. What's yours? Um mine is Rush Hour Two.
0: <laughs> he's in Rush Hour Two?
3: Yeah, where he's uh where he and he's like, where uh Chris Tucker tells him he'll shoot him in, until he died in the kitchen.
1: <laughs> Steve, what's yours? I don't know if it's necessarily a movie, but um, I like Don Cheadle and Captain Planet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well played, yeah. sir.
3: I think Joe was the one that made me sit down and watch all of those. I think I made uh, both of uh, you watch those. <laughs>
0: yes. Sadly, I've ushered you into two universes, one of which was good, the other not so much.
3: <laughs> Kenny, that was his name. He's Kung Fu Kenny.
0: Kung Fu Kenny? <laughs> Yeah, if you get a chance to, House of Lies is a really cool show on Showtime. I think it's on Amazon Prime.
3: Yes.
2: Okay.
0: Okay, after Loki is put into the cell originally intended for the Hulk, Thor reveals to the team that Loki is allied with the Chitauri, a powerful and technologically advanced extraterrestrial race unknown to both Earth and Asgard. In return for winning him the Earth, Loki has promised them the Tesseract. What is Loki's (laughs) endgame?
3: What's he going to get out of this? I was wondering that. Also, I don't care for the Chitauri.
0: Yeah. Well at the time they couldn't use the scrolls because the scrolls were owned by Fox. Classic. <laughs> Steve, can you please explain to me why on earth what what's Loki doing? What what's he gonna get out of this?
1: Uh you know, I think he just wanted to just rule. I don't know. I think he probably he always seems like the guy who has to go through, you know, take five steps forward to take, you know, six steps. You know, you know, five steps back, take six, six steps forward, you know, he's got to do all these intertwining and all that stuff. So it seems confusing to like the average person I'm like, man, what is this guy doing? But he knows what it is. I don't know. I think he just wants to rule something, you know, well, whether it's Thanos over everything in the end game, but um, maybe he just wants to have Earth all to himself because he can't go back to Asgard.
0: Well, and that's no, the funny thing gone. about it is that the whole thing is he's going to go there to open a portal for the Chatari to come through. So is that evil dude with the 18,000 fingers, like, is he the one that's going to rule everything? And Loki's just going to be, like, vice president or something?
1: Well, knowing him, he probably would, yeah, bring him in to just use his army and then just take him out in the most least expected part of the, you know. Yeah, because he's uh,
0: the Chitauri guy is the one who gives him the scepter and says, here, use this, which now we know what both of those are. The Tesseract is the Space Stone. The scepter is the Mind Stone. So you have two infinity stones right there yeah, and they didn't even know it. <laughs> Which is funny because if Thanos is the one behind everything, wouldn't he know the scepter was the damn mind stone?
3: Mm, one would
1: think.
0: Just, this, oh, yeah. this is what's knocking Let's, my grade yeah. down in this movie. <laughs> Knowing what I know, I'm burdened with knowledge.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't know any of this.
0: <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you're going from the posi- position that you've never heard any of this. <laughs> Sorry yeah. for
3: spoiling, Steve. <laughs> do you think he just wants to get rid of Asgard? Do you think he's just trying to do whatever he can to destroy Asgard? Um, he's like, he's just super bitter after Thor, and is just on a rampage of whatever he can do?
0: Well, I don't know, but I do know this. We are now being joined by... The Thor to my Hulk. (laughs) JC has just entered the house, and he's getting himself a beverage. We almost timed that perfectly. That was almost perfect. He came in, dropped Uh, off his bag, and went to go get a drink. (laughs) Preferably water, I'm guessing. Because I only have gin in the freezer. (laughs) But yeah, so JC will be with us shortly.
3: That backfired. <laughs> it's still a surprise for Steve. Ta-da! Oh, it,
1: he it, just it. now he
3: just has to wait to hear JC's voice.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's wow, Joe. Well played. Dude, you, did very Loki of you. Very Loki. <laughs> very Loki of me, indeed. Yes. 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 Master <laughs> manipulator. Jeez. I, I am no the god idea. of mischief. You know, I, I even thought about it ahead of time going in. Oh man.
0: <laughs> you, my friend.
5: Yeah, but I can't hear nothing.
0: Well, <laughs> you gotta you got get your headphones on, brother. And JC is now on the program. We're gonna agree I'm to disagree.
5: On, I'm on the program?
3: You are on the program. <clears throat>
5: so, in other words, it's gonna get crushed.
3: Okay, so here we go. Start your Thor's hammer because apparently it only crushes things if it's human. Yep.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. I'm very confused. Hi, hey, Steve. Hi, JC. What's up, buddy?
5: Can I just say that I've always wanted to say hi, Steve, because of Multiplicity? And now that I've gotten a chance to say hi, Steve, I want to go home and watch Multiplicity and all Is
0: this Is this the first hi, Steve? Because normally it's by Steve. I said hi,
3: Steve Steve at the uh, very beginning. Oh, that's right. Yep. But my hi, Steve is from uh, Waterboy. Yeah. (laughs) Hi, Steve. Hi, Steve. Steve. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, back to this. Stark has Jarvis hack into the S.H.I.E.L.D. database while he works with Dr. Banner. Rogers is less than thrilled, because as you are, and tells the two scientists to resume their work and investigates Phase 2. Oh, there's that Phase 2 sign again. S.H.I.E.L.D.'s top secret weapons program. Romanoff speaks one-on-one with Loki and eventually discovers that he plans on using the Hulk as a means of dismembering the team. I've watched this scene ten times. I still don't know how she gets the idea that it's Hulk that he wanted. Can anybody help me out with this? I mean... I'm sorry, where are we? Maybe
3: that's... <laughs> I, scroll.
5: I was scrolling, although I could just read yours. This is cool. I can see your screen. I it's thought about really that on this because I was
3: watching it, and a lot of times in superhero movies, I feel very dumb. Like, anything <laughs> science fiction, I feel very, very dumb. I feel with my fingers. Nice. Um, <laughs> but when I was watching it, I was like, I don't think... That this is something we're supposed to get, or that it's like some type of actual crime thriller where we're like, I see what they did. This might just be a Black Widow so good she's able to put stuff together that even we couldn't figure out. Yeah, Does that makes sense because I mean she is a. Because when they were doing the whole uh, interrogation at the very beginning, she's just talking to him. She's like, he was about to give me every like the very last piece. We're like, I didn't think he was saying anything. Yeah. Right. So every time previously in this podcast where I was like, oh, I was talking to a friend as JC. But I was like, I didn't want Steve to know that I was watching this with JC preparing because JC hadn't gotten here yet.
5: Oh, yeah. Sorry, Steve. (laughs) Hi, Steve. Okay. So
0: after all these things come to light, the Avengers are divided over how to deal with Loki and the revelation that S.H.I.E.L.D. plans to harness the Tesseract's power to develop weapons. Which, if you watch these in chronological order, you already know because Captain Marvel shows that entire thing because of Project Pegasus. Fury admits that the events in New, Mex- New, New Mexico New Mexico, a year prior made S.H.I.E.L.D. aware of other extraterrestrial races that may threaten Earth. Weapons developed from the Tesseract would form a mean, means of deterrence. As the group argues, Barton and Loki's possessed agents attacked the helicarrier, disabling its engines. And Iron Man and Captain America put down their beef for a brief second before returning to the greatness of Civil War eventually.
5: Yep, shaking his head over there. What? James. You're allowed to have an opinion. That's the problem with opinions. They can be wrong. (laughs) Facts are amazing things, because facts are always facts.
0: (laughs) As Iron Man and Captain America attempt to restart the damaged engines, Banner, oopsie, transforms into the Hulk despite Romanoff's efforts to calm him, and runs batshit crazy inside the ship, and soon battling Thor. Now, something I can't remember who I did the Incredible Hulk cast with, but that was you, Steve? Yes. Okay. So, when we did it, Steve, you had a problem with the anger issue. Yeah. That if his so, heart rate goes up, he gets angry.
1: Yeah, because they concentrated a lot on that in Hulk. And, you know, it's funny because I was thinking of that because when he's, like, down in, you know, the all-floors position trying to control whatever, I noticed he had, like, a some kind of a watch on. Yep. So I don't know if that was it, but and never still talk about it. So I don't know. It's like, are we going by heart rate? Are we going that he's just you know, fearful or something like that. Cause I mean, like I said, at the end of uh, incredible Hulk, uh, Ed Norton, he's running like he's, you know, running a 5k out there and I I can get my heart rate up there pretty quick. Am I going to turn into the Hulk or is it just just pretty much just based on pure anger? So I don't know. Um, So,
5: So that's the funny thing about the heart rate is that the heart rate is different, different from pulse and all this sort of stuff. And here's the thing. I think they're trying to sort of tip a nod to the Edward Norton, because you also did. Did Kevin Feige was Feige he, was Feige part of <laughs> uh, the Norton Hulk? Because because te- yes. technically the Norton Hulk was before like Marvel was Marvel type of thing. So I didn't know was is that movie was that sort of retconned in, or was that always part of fight? Uh, that was part of it because Iron Fage's Man was the first plan.
0: one, and then Hulk.
5: Okay. That was mm-hmm.
0: Feige's thing. Well, actually. The, Iron- the Incredible Hulk story is how that was made. There's a lot of issues with that script.
5: Okay, yeah. yeah. Anywho, so getting back to Steve's point with the watch, I think the watch is a bit of sort of like a check back. And here's the thing. When Banner gives the answer later, I'm always angry. In a way, if you are perpetually allowing your body to constantly be in a state of stress, that actually, because of like, the mental fortitude to do that low or steadies your heart rate. It doesn't necessarily lower it, but it steadies it. And it's been so long since I've seen incredible Hulk. I don't know. Was it like the instant spike that caused the change or was it just
0: like, if it got to like 150, uh, 160 beats per second, that's when he would turn.
5: Yeah. And see, I think, I think now what he's doing is he's just by him saying, I'm always angry. He can essentially spike his heart rate on control and, I'm on blood pressure medicine, and I can, in a way, know what my triggers are, and so... It's not a superpower, and it's um, it's certainly not a science, but, like, I can do something. There are things I know I can do that if I do X, my heart rate's going to jump 30 points. My heart rate's going to jump 60 points. So when he
0: falls through the floor <laughs> onto that thing, we're assuming, be, you know, that kind of jarring might raise your heart rate. And if he's always angry, and all it takes is for him to have one thing off balance, and it's his heart
3: rate, that could be the reason why he turns. Could be, yes. I'm glad we're talking about this, because earlier— <laughs> This, I think that the Avengers was the first ahead of its time. Not the first ahead of its time, but it predicted two things. Yes. The Apple Watch detecting heart rate, <laughs> telling you when it's time to breathe. It did. And also, if you see the very first entrance of Iron Man, he takes his helmet off, and he has a single AirPod in his ear talking to Pepper. It's not oh, yeah. a Nick Fury Bluetooth. It is an AirPod. He, he did. He said that he's like, oh, look at Tony with the first AirPod. And I was like, huh. Yeah, that was before AirPods were a thing. So it's funny, like, <laughs> watching back through all the stuff that's supposed to be super scientific that came out three to ten years later.
0: Wait, did you guys watch
3: this together? We did. We did. Where the hell was my invite?
0: <laughs> it's Joel's fault. What the shit? <laughs> I'm, I'm all sorry. Right. I love you, Joe. Soon battling Thor. <laughs> no, you. you were in a movie.
3: Oh, was I in a movie? <laughs> yeah. You were, um... You know I, what, I can't I disprove had, that because realistically, no. I probably was.
2: I,
5: I honestly have no idea where you were.
2: <laughs> was that
5: Stuber? I think you...
3: I'll have to go Stuber back. Stuber or crawl?
5: Yeah, it was Stuber or crawl? Yeah. Okay, well... Sorry, I'm an asshole. I'm, I apologize. No, 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 it's all right. He That's called fine. me, I said yes, we we played. We, we, we played. Yeah, we did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, during a fight with Barton, Romanoff discovers that knocking him unconscious breaks Loki's mind control. Ta da! Loki escapes mulligan. the cell. Which is funny because they use the same tactic in Age of Ultron.
5: Mulligan? Is that a Mulligan? You mean McGuffin? Yeah,
0: Mug- sure that one goes. <laughs> sure that one. <laughs> Mulligatawny. <laughs> no soup for you. Okay. <laughs> Loki escapes the cell with the help of a possessed agent and traps Thor in the cell. How many times are you going to fall for this?
5: I laughed, I laughed, I think (laughs) it's fantastic But it's a double fake
0: It is a double fake Coulson, your favorite, Coulson Confronts Loki in an attempt to rescue Thor And Loki then stabs Coulson through his back With his staff before ejecting Thor from the ship Fury confronts the expiring Coulson I love the term expiring Who hopes his death can be used to motivate the Avengers Into working as a team
5: Makes me think of milk turning to cheese So, do (laughs) you like Coulson's act here? See that's a loaded question because I think Coulson does a fantastic job of acting in this scene, like how he acts the scene, the language he uses, everything. Problem is, is if you take Coulson from Thor and Coulson from this, they're two f-ing different characters. Like what the <laughs> hell happened? <laughs> yeah, like literally, like you can tell Joss Whedon is a different director than whoever the other guy was before because Clark Gregg is a very, he's a very good actor. And when he acted in Thor, he pretty much was, I'm going to make Colson arrogant, condescending, and a know it all that is smarter than everybody else in the room. Mm. This movie, Joss Whedon says, you know what, Clark? I want you to play Olsen as, you know what? The fanboy. <laughs> he's smart, but yeah, he's the fanboy. He's everybody's <laughs> lovable friend. People are calling him Phil out of elevators. Like,. <laughs> His first name is Agent. Yeah. Like <laughs> exactly like literally all all of the dialogue in Avengers makes you love Phil. So when it gets to this scene, this scene has some legitimate power. There's some emotion to it. My issue is not the acting, it's not what they did. I love what happened. Like the whole storyline of Colson. I'm just WTF. Like, when did he become a fun-loving, everybody calls him Agent and Phil from I'm going to steal your stuff and I'll give you
3: back your iPod. Like, that's a big jump. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Different different writers. <laughs> I mean, is it... I mean, obviously, it's just... It, the answer is because it's different writers. <laughs> but, <laughs> but... I don't know. Like, he's so... <laughs> There's such like a giant threat, and now he's surrounded by these like demigods and everything. He's like, I, "You guys take care of it. I just want to hang out with Cap." Right. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing he can do. He doesn't have control over Thor. He doesn't. He's just have the head of the. But he does him.
5: say, "Oh, so that's what that does."
3: <sighs> yeah, oh, well,
5: he,
0: yeah. He, it's the <laughs> weapon from the Destroyer, from Thor. Yeah, he, created, he got the technology from the Destroyer and blew Loki away, which ultimately didn't do anything. What do you think of uh, Nick Fury here, using those cards the way he does? I think he's perfect. I think
5: you ruined a mid condition set. <laughs> if I'm Colson, when I come back, I'm pissed. Do you know how long it took me to get those cards together? I don't care that it worked and it made the Avengers a
3: team. You ruined my cards. <laughs> Yeah, but now he's met Captain America. Who needs They the were mint condition, with very few beveling on the edges. Did you not listen? <laughs> but he
1: met the real person. So,
3: I guess whatever. You're Steve. Not,
1: Steve. Do you you're want to weigh in? You're not a collector. <laughs> I, are you? I'm not a collector. <laughs> oh, for if, a guy who had some mint condition cards, he did not have any protective casings on that's those. That's what mint I conditions. thought, Steve. Good call. Very that's good call. That's what I thought.
3: Steve. Very good, good call.
1: Or uh, did he ask. and Nick Fury just I mean, took them out?
3: That also came huh. across my mind.
5: Yeah, you also said something else that was really funny about the card of Captain America.
3: What, what What was it?
5: About the blood on it. And you're like, somebody with the blood on the card. I don't remember. Though. I mean, you don't remember what you said? I, I, I to said, steal- oh, wait, I, I don't, don't st- know. I wasn't there. I, I just don't want to <laughs> steal your thunder because it was really funny. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. it, though. I thought it was funny. He's like, you know, <laughs> so he's leaning over to me. The scene's all going on. He leans over to me and he's like, you know. Somebody mimicked that card with the blood on it, copyrighted it and sold it and they made a butt ton oh, of Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
3: <laughs> you know you know for a fact that like there's <laughs> a, a company Con-Con. out there. <laughs> yeah, they they made they made Captain America cards and they probably made a f- select few that had the blood stains on them they're like these are worth more. <laughs> i guarantee i guarantee someone you're probably right close to a thousand dollars on a blood like fake blood stain. and i bet American
5: they card. put them in protective casing
0: you know what protective <laughs> casing it was it was the clark Gregg, phil colson action figure with him with the spear through his chest and then you had the cards in the back that you could just kind of use
5: i've never what? seen that. what no like an, How action-, is an action figure a protective case you because can't it's, look through it, an action figure. It's in no, but it's in a an action plastic figure. Is solid it's in plastic. The
3: invisible. But uh, you just said you that the
5: it. protective case is the action figure. So I'm taking the card. Well, when I, I'm like opening up the action. When figure I say the action figure, the... I mean the, the. God damn it! Shit. You. you, you, you say, through I, through the, I mean uh, the cardboard with the units. I, I don't know what you mean. I only know what you said. I, you, you, you probably said see the, action the invisible finger.
0: woman as well. Stark and Rogers, work out that Loki will orchestrate the alien invasion at Stark's New York-based home, Stark Tower, and that defeating them will not be enough for Loki. He needs to overpower them in a public way so as to validate himself as ruler of Earth. Does he sympathize with Loki when he's talking about the narcissism
5: of Loki? Oh, I don't think, he, I don't think he's sympathizing with him, but I think a narcissist recognizes game. Yeah. And I think he's able to come up with Loki's plan because Tony's thinking, yeah, that's what I would do if I'm evil.
0: I love his turn to He's like, you know, yeah. he wants a tower with his name on it. Yeah. Oh,
5: my God. Yeah. Son of a bitch.
0: Yep.
3: <laughs> it's like Christmas, but with more me. <laughs> Man,
0: where have I heard that? Using a Tesseract-powered interdimensional generator Selvig is built, Loki opens a portal to the Chitauri fleet over Manhattan, summoning an invasion invasion. The Avengers rally in defense of New York, but quickly conclude they will be overwhelmed as wave after wave of Tatari and Leviathans descend. The Avengers keep their ground to hold off the invasion and evacuate citizens, while the Hulk beats Loki into submission. This is an awesome scene.
5: Best scene in the whole movie.
0: (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Puny God. (laughs) That was good! Damn! I'm not gonna lie, I'm turning my chair a little bit. (laughs) (laughs)
5: <laughs> he'll edit it later to make me sound very high pitched and.
2: Uh,
0: this battle is fantastic looking but logistically is a nightmare because it, you only really have like four blocks four square blocks to really use before everybody is completely separated
5: and none of them have earwigs in it, what the Hawkeye, when he's up, he's giving directions. How can everybody hear each other? Did you say earwigs? Yeah, they don't have stuff in. AirPods? Airpods or whatever they're called. Earwigs are insects. Yep. No, they're also yeah. called earwigs. The things that you put in your ear like secret service. secret service. Wires. Thank you, Steve. Yes, yeah, see Steve's helpful. Yeah, you said yeah. secret service, <laughs>
0: not earwigs.
5: <laughs> no, the clear but the clear things that go in the ear are I'm pretty sure they're called earwigs. Joel? He's Googling um, it. He's yes, Googling I know.
3: Okay. Electronic. Joel's um, gonna be
5: pissed when I'm right.
3: No nah, who say Joe or Joel? Joel. I mean I'm not gonna be pissed. <laughs> I'm gonna be a little unhappy. <laughs> no. Okay, so it's the ones that go in your ears are one word, and I think the bug is two words. They also cost like 12, 1300 bucks. Oh, they're on sale though. What are they called, Joel? <laughs> they're called Phonak, Earwig, Invisity Flex in Ear oh, Radio Receivers.
5: Oh, they're called earwigs. <laughs>
1: There are your wigs. <laughs> Can you get them on Prime?
2: Uh, the
5: security I'll check. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Did you
2: know Yenny I mean, cores we, were team? 30% no, no, off? No, no, no. We're it? a chemical mixture that makes chaos.
3: We're we're a time bomb. Um, yeah, it's nothing but a bunch of... Uh, Amazon just has a bunch of uh, bug traps. <laughs> for earworms.
5: It seems to run on some form of electricity. Okay, Romanoff
0: makes her way to Selvig's device, where Selvig, free of Loki control, reveals that Loki's staff can be used to close the portal.
5: She makes his way to his device. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you missed this, Joel? No, because I get it more often than everyone. Yes, you do. Because you're at school. Yep.
0: <laughs> and as I was saying earlier with them, this is we have two infinity stones literally 20 yards away from each other, and nobody knows that's what they are.
5: Well, no. Foreshadowing. Spoiler alert. You can't let that know. People don't know their are Infinity Stones yet. This is a spoiler-rich podcast. Well, <laughs> oh, that's true. You do say <laughs> Never mind. I apologize.
0: Meanwhile, Fury's superiors attempt to end the invasion by launching a nuclear missile at Manhattan. Despite Agent Hill and Fury's orders to not fire, a rogue jet launches the missile at Manhattan. Steve, I have a logic problem here. Okay. We got a plane about to leave the aircraft carrier. You hit it with a rocket launcher. Mm-hmm. Why the hell would you take out a pistol afterwards?
1: Well, I mean, I guess he should have taken two rocket launchers with him. Sixty-five-year-old <laughs> Sam L. Jackson. I was gonna say, I'm not Maybe entirely uh, sure there's logic
2: there. I don't I know. He's just he having a pistol
1: on him. Maybe you can get that one lucky shot and just, you know get the uh get the pilot through the glass but obviously that was too far gone anyways he didn't, he didn't even take a shot out does so.
0: fury have better aim because he only has one eye
3: yeah, yeah probably sure yeah, the mean, only, yeah. One, he doesn't have to squint he knows what his dominant eye is for sure yeah which one is it the one that's left okay so he's right
5: <laughs> okay gotcha iron man <laughs>
0: intercepts it and takes it through the portal toward the Chitari fleet before running out of power and plummeting back to earth the hulk catches him as he falls and this was spoiled in the trailer <laughs> Huh? The trailer for this movie showed Hulk picking up Iron Man against the building when he's falling. Remember?
5: Yes, it does. But then we—I think the trailer was supposed to make us believe did Iron Man die? <gasps> dun dun dun! But well, the trailer—he yeah, will just twenty-seven movies later. This is a spoiler-rich w- podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, the Avengers then apprehend Loki, who is still weak from his encounter with the Hulk and clearly needs a drink. News channels confirm the legitimacy of the extraterrestrial attack, and some Americans regard the Avengers with praise and thanks, while others call for their arrests.
5: Anybody want shawarma? Shawarma? Shawarma, (laughs) anybody? (laughs) (laughs) Fury. The corner. Fury.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thor escorts Loki and the Tesseract back to Asgard to take responsibility for his crimes. Fury notes that the Avengers will go their separate ways until such time as a new w- world-threatening menace emerges. In the first post-credit scene, the other tells his master that humans are not the cowering wretches they were promised and that attacking Earth again would be to court death. And his master... Thanos turns and smiles.
5: Which is sad because that led us to believe we were gonna meet Thanos who was in love with death, and then we'd see all and then we never got to meet death.
0: Didn't get that storyline. No,
5: we didn't. Sad times.
0: We got some shitty infinity war thing.
5: Yeah, but it was pretty good, but well, I'm just saying that. <laughs> it would have been another it would have been another very, very attractive person in tight clothing. On well, I still
0: I huh. still think they should have gone the route of if Hela is the goddess
5: of death. <gasps> What if she was death? And Thanos loved her. Why didn't they do that? I don't know. So, okay, then know in a second
0: credit scene, which was filmed many, many months later, the Avengers gathered at a shawarma restaurant
5: and looking a bit worse for the wear, eat in silence. Uh, yes? I was telling Joel that Cap had to keep his fist up because he had a mustache. What movie did he have a mustache for? Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer, thank you.
0: Yeah, he had a, he had a beard that he'd grown out. And he had a prosthetic face. It kind of looks funky when you look at it now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, according to the top critics at Rotten Tomatoes, it has a tomato meter reading of
5: 84%. Can we really call them top critics? It's Rotten Tomatoes. Well, there's critics, and then there's the top critics. But just because it's what they call themselves, do we have to call them? Because it's misleading. It allows our audience to think that these guys are actually top critics. Just because they call themselves top critics doesn't make them top critics. Well, they're the most infamous. Can we just say the stupid moronical Rotten Tomatoes said it? Like, can we just say that?
0: So I'm guessing you don't agree with that. They gave this home a 7.61 out of 10 on average.
5: Oh, well, no, but I don't agree with anything Rotten Tomatoes does. I'm just, I'm trying to educate the audience. I'm trying to let the audience know Rot- well, the, Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. The audience the seems to Planet agree with you. The movie podcast is right.
0: The audience seems to agree with you because the audience gave this film a 4.4 out of 5 with 91% agreeing are, it's a 3 or higher. Are you, Are
5: you telling me that the audience, the people that actually pay money and that studios actually listen to, love the movie more than critics who. What, what, why? Why do we have critics? Like, why? What, what, why? For anything. Are you ever not go going to
1: fall for that?
5: For, let's go for a deep existential crisis. What's the flipping point of critics? Let does me, anybody actually listen to them? I,
3: Here's I, what you I'll know what? I'll you're you, right. The Podcast me, is over. Let's reset them, <laughs> JC. In over, this, this is from top critics. In, oh, I think, wait. Yeah, yeah. I was making sure there was You can't wasn't
5: like- even navigate the website. The oh, website's no. hard
3: to look at. Fine, here. <laughs> um, this film presents a series of utterly charming moments, some magical, some down to earth, but considering the setting co- equally utopian. Also, overpowered. What the hell does that mean? How is it happier than utopian? Charming, is utopian a bad word? A charming concoction. <laughs> tall stories fantasy and romance you don't agree with that uh, what do
5: cocks have to do with anything this, this is, is
3: all <laughs> these are all cr- top critic reviews from darby o'gill and the little people this and you're what saying, saying and you're saying that none of this matters jc i am i am
5: there are no cocks anywhere a delightful
3: movie filled with fin- delightful characters this is a delightful scenery film, man. and delightful special effects
0: i agree with you wow that <laughs> That might be your most Loki you've ever
5: been. <laughs> I agree with everything he said. Don't love Darby. O'G- Please do not love Darby O'Gill and the Little People because of stupid Rotten Tomatoes. Who cares what Rotten Tomatoes
0: love what? it? Because J.C. gave
5: it an A. <laughs> no, love it because you'll watch it and you'll love it too. That's it's that simple. And you'll be afraid of the Banshee. Don't. Yes, because it's scary as hell. <laughs>
0: Makes okay. me cry. Dude, that was amazing. Thanks. Okay, that's like when people ask me, like, oh, like I like, like, oh, what's my horoscope? And I'll read like the wrong one. they will be like, "That's so that's me." So mean, yeah. Really, it's the wrong damn one. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so the movie's over. Were you entertained, JC? I'll start with you.
5: Yep, hands down. This movie is even better after seeing Endgame.
3: Joel, yeah, I was uh, definitely entertained more so this time than the first, especially. And I know you. it's hard to look at this without seeing the other movies, but I was more entertained now knowing each of the characters a little more in depth, their background, also their fate. Yeah. Stevie?
1: Yes, most definitely. It was a great culmination of what we've seen so far. At the end of this movie, I just gave a smile and a nod. Like, all right, this was awesome.
0: Yeah, this movie gets nope. me excited still. And, and now, knowing where it's going, there are scenes in this now that give me goosebumps that didn't give me goosebumps before. And we talked, before you got here, we talked about when Cap first meets Bruce Banner on the helicarrier. Those little things, it's like Anakin meeting Obi-Wan for the first time in Phantom Menace. Yep. It's just one of those things you're like, oh, that's where it starts. But <clears throat> let's figure out whether the awards got it right and whether this movie is worth your time or not. So, Academy Awards, it got one nomination for Best Achievement in Visual Effects, but it went to Life of Pi. That's
2: a, great, that's a good one.
3: Yeah. I've, I've still never seen it. The book was amazing. Love the book. Mm-hmm. I've still never seen the movie. The special effects is what got a lot of people into theaters. It's well, very they, Avatar.
0: They did put a tiger in a boat. Steve, yeah, any of those movies you think should be ahead? Uh, Life of Pi. Uh,
1: uh, uh, didn't even see Life of Pi. Uh, I have yeah. no idea. Um, yeah. So yeah, Prometheus is pretty, pretty good.
3: You know yeah. what?
5: Why watch Life of Pi when you can just eat the pie?
3: And th- what about the Golden Globes, Joe? The Golden Globes <laughs> <you> got zero <laughs> nominations
0: <laughs> because. They they crap on comic book movies, but the Saturn Awards—that's where we really like to go. The Saturn Awards—it had six nominations and four wins. It won for best director for Joss Whedon. Look who he beat—he mm. beat Christopher Nolan, Angry. Peter Jackson, Ryan—well, jo- Ryan Johnson.
5: Yeah. Uh oh, yeah. Angry. Hey.
0: <laughs> Why? Why are we wait?
5: Did I miss something? Why are we mad at Ryan Johnson? Oh, Last Jedi, but it was a good movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Steve and I Steve, can have our Civil War moment. Steve, do you want to... <laughs> How do you end
1: a movie with a broom?
2: <laughs> oh, oh, oh God. No. How else, just, <laughs> How else do you sweep up all of your awards? How else do you sweep up all your
0: awards? Oh, you bastard. <laughs>
2: that was good.
0: Okay. It was nominated for Best Editing in some movie called Cloud Atlas that was in the theater for a week won that. Um... It won for Best Science Fiction Film. It won for Best Special Effects. I know you two gentlemen are big fans of The Hobbit. How do you feel about that? That the Avengers beat The Hobbit for Best Special Effects.
5: I get it for the first one, because the first one really didn't have. But the second one, when you have Bjorn and, like, Smaug and all of that, if it would have been Bjorn and and Smaug on screen, no, there's no way. But the Hulk and all of that, I get it. Yeah, I totally get why it won.
3: Yeah, the Hobbit didn't really go out into outer space, and so to have to do that, all the alien creatures, it might have been a better movie if the Hobbit went to space.
5: It's already a great movie. Uh, Better, right? I don't know. Star Wars is already in space. Has no Hobbits. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm in there someplace. (laughs) You're just walking around the back of the set one day. There's tiny Jedis with beards. Those are
2: young ones. And hairy feet. (laughs)
5: Whatever tricks the trigger.
2: Oh hey,
0: speaking of tricking your trigger, best supporting actor, your boy Phil Colson. Clark Gregg wins
5: for best supporting actor. Hey, that's to be able okay. to play a jerk off in one movie <laughs> and a lovable guy in the second? No. Hats off to you. Nope. Acting chops. Well done, sir. But yeah. does he deserve it over some of these other names? No, not over not over Christoph Waltz. Yeah, and Christoph Django. Waltz should have got it. Steve, no. what do you think?
1: Uh never <laughs> I have not seen Django Chain. My when I saw this list I thought michael
2: fassbender for sure oh, oh yeah
5: I'll, yeah fassbender was good in prometheus but he wasn't better than walls you need you definitely need to see Django Unchained. it's hard to watch it, it is hard to watch but christopher walls he's, he's just awesome. yeah Chris. i didn't know he didn't get the academy award the fact that he didn't that shocks me i'm shocked I'm that you legitimate. both didn't say ian mckellen
2: well, no, no I mean, he's not good. O- not
5: over, Jan- yeah, McCullen was good, but not over Christopher Waltz. I no. mean,
3: Gandalf's a character you have to have in the movie, but Christoph Waltz in Django, after that performance, I went back and watched like as many movies as I could get my hands on that he did.
5: Yeah, that's the thing. Like, Gandalf is already created in the book, so Ian McCullen is kind of just like bringing that to life. Christopher Waltz, like, nope. like, that's a brand new made-up character. The dentist. And- he nailed it. God, now I want to go home and watch Django Unchained. It's a great movie. It is, but I may want to get ice cream. Cause it's
0: is it on my voodoo? Yes, it is. Okay, Steve, there you go. It's on the voodoo. Uh, or is it on my voodoo.
5: voodoo? It may be on my voodoo, and that's why I'm remembering it.
0: Like John Wick? Oh, it's on mine. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, best writing with to Django Unchained. I got to agree with that. I think it's a yeah. great movie. Yeah. Although Cabin in the Woods is in there, and I love that movie, too never seen never it. Never saw it. Okay. That's oh, another Joss oh, Whedon. Yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. The is, MT- it a, is it a horror movie? Yes. Yeah, not gonna
0: see it. The MTV <laughs> Movie Awards. It wins for Best Fight,
3: The Avengers vs. The Chitauri. Oh. Um, Aww, no, 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 no. Django vs. The Mansion was is one of the best shootout scenes in any movie ever. <laughs> it's bloody as hell. Yes, because yeah, they... And, I also agree. Because that's where they mash up James Brown and Tupac. Yes, and they it's do. One, it's, it's up there with the freebird and um, word up scene from the Kingsman movies. Well done, yeah, yeah it, great, it
5: should great have been scenes. Django Unchained.
3: Steve, what about Bane versus Batman?
1: No, <laughs> no,
5: yeah, I, that that was no, a horrible just, fight.
1: It was not what, what I wanted. And everything to just gets turned off. So. <laughs>
5: yeah, I agree with Steve on that one. Well, best hero goes to Bilbo Baggins. I. This Again, not for the first one. For the second or the third one, yeah, not the first one. I almost feel like looking at the list, it should have been... Iron Man? Yeah, Iron Man. Definitely not Catwoman. Or ba- Yeah, the only one on that list that actually makes sense is Tony Stark. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because I didn't
5: watch
3: No White and the Huntsman. Because Bilbo doesn't really resolve anything in yeah. that film. He's a great character. He's a great, but he he's
5: he's a supporting character in the first movie. In the first movie, the star is um, Thorin. Thorin is the main character of the first
2: Oakenshield. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay.
4: That man is playing Galaga. Thought we wouldn't notice, but we did.
2: Yeah. I love him.
0: Best on-screen duo Going to Mark Wahlberg and Seth MacFarlane for Ted. Bullshit. Yeah, i never seen it. I <laughs> like Wahlberg. In fact, all of the others that are on there, I would pick over those two. Okay. <laughs> so I just found out we've got a chat room on here also. Yeah, because it Google. says, JC, Google hey, I time. can type while we're talking. <laughs> Hi, guys. What kind of goosebumps do they give you? I love you? Obi-Wan. Nope, were, they
5: didn't. That's because you were. I was responding to you before. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's going to make for some great content. <laughs>
5: All right, and then movie of the year went
0: to the Avengers. I got to agree with that. If it's not in Django Unchained, it's the Avengers. This is MTV. Yeah. You yeah. know, the same people that said, like, Twilight series was going to win everything. So, all right, on to our next segment titled Top Three, Bottom Three. This is where we talk about the things that we want to highlight in this movie, and then we go over the three things that are bad, unforgivable, or downright travesties. Let's start with the top three. JC, what are your, to- what are your top three? <laughs>
5: all right number three loki's reason and story for being bad his actions and his transformation i legitimately bought into this because at the beginning you kind of think like this guy's nuts like the guy that we saw in thor was well put together he was well thought out like he was manipulating he was conniving this guy's just maniacal and crazy and like he's just killing people left and right and he's talking about crazy stuff but then when you have the conversation between him and Thor, I was a god. I was a king. And, like, any logical person watching was like, no, you were, you were never supposed to be king. It was, it was supposed to be Thor. Thor was supposed to be king. But that's when it clicked. Loki genuinely believes he should have been king he was the son of Laufey, and because Laufey dies he loses that kingdom because of uh, Odin uh, choosing Thor he loses so he legitimately believes he should rule over someone rule over something and he will kill to get it so when that all sort of like came together I'm like Damn, like good like well done like. It sort of explained how you go from Loki and Thor to Loki and Avengers. And, like, it made me think Loki may be one of the best and most fully thought-out story arcs in the entire franchise. Like,
0: I definitely it, agree
5: with that. It it, it it just legitimized it. Number two. Number two. That's what comes Don't. after one, but before three, because <laughs> we're going backwards. Okay. <laughs> Tony he Stub- really grows on you, doesn't he? <laughs> Tony Stark just being Tony Stark. Again, uh, after Endgame, he's even better in this film. Like, I almost, like, you watch, go back and watch these movies for Tony Stark. Like, yeah. That's, that's all it is. And the only reason Tony Stark isn't number one is because of the person that deserves credit for this even Kevin Feige. going on. Well, Phage has nothing to do with it. He's <laughs> painting his office beige or something like that joss whedon joss whedon we could not have had this who else could have put this all together and let's be he wrote puny god
1: puny god yes he did (laughs) i mean well done joss well done
5: all right
0: steve what are your top three
1: um all right so i gotta switch the order here a little bit um um number three um i really like the fact and i think you know joel pointed out this this movie was a little ahead of its time it seemed like I really like the fact that the Avengers and everything was brought to our world. The public knows these heroes. That's something like you don't yeah. really see them often at all. And um, it's kind of a, you know, done out through all the rest of the films after this. So I thought that was really neat. Um, number two, the music. I don't know how many times this when they all kind of come together right there and you just hear the Avengers theme song, you even hear it a little bit throughout the film itself. That's the part that just still gives me goosebumps. Alan you know? What kind of goosebumps? And, um, Ooh, goose pimples. Goose pumps all over.
2: <laughs> Paperback.
1: And um, okay. my number one is Tony Stark's dialogue. It's just so fluid. It's so suave. Ooh. Anytime he talks, it's just amazing.
0: Well well said,
5: so. Agreed. Well
0: said. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll go next. Yes, so sir. my number three is when Hulk goes ballistic in the helicarrier. I absolutely love this scene. Just This is like, if you look at The Incredible Hulk from The Incredible Hulk... This is the closest we'll get to that Hulk. Because that Hulk was just like violently angry. Mm-hmm. And this is as close as it's going to get, where he doesn't give a shit about
3: who's around him. Yeah, especially like in a tight space, it makes it for a great scene.
0: Yeah. Uh, my number Who two. I
5: love tight spaces.
0: <laughs> my number two the musical score is so recognizable. It is on par with John Williams' Star Wars score. Mm-hmm. You hear five notes and you can identify it immediately. And my number one is The Balls the Greenland-sized balls to put Thanos in the end credits. It's a Hail Mary of a move that almost never happened, and it launched an epic storyline.
5: Joss Whedon. Thank you, Joss Whedon.
3: So, Joel, what are your top three? Uh, My number three is that Loki was a great villain. Um, (laughs) Loki. (laughs) Which is funny because I didn't really care for Loki the first time I watched it, but watching back through this, um, his interactions with Thor are great. His arrogance is compelling, and it's like almost endearing. Mm. Yeah, he's he's not a villain that you want them to just destroy and kill immediately. Like you want them to deal with him, but you don't want him gone. Right. And I think that's what makes him a great villain. Um. And I especially enjoy his puny god scene with Hulk. <laughs> uh, my number two, Agent Phil Coulson, uh, is a character that I found myself really enjoying this time around. He, I feel like he's has to be like the most relatable in the entire film because he's the only human uh, that really.
5: Yeah, Nick Fury's like, not a human. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but a human that like shows emotions and is serious, but is also like, hey, I recognize that you all are greater than me, and I'm going to kind of geek out for a second. He's the fan's perspective. Yeah, he's like, he's the character for the average viewer, and I like the balance that he has between business, honesty, and like the little bit of dorkiness that he has with his trading cards. He wears too many ties. And Everything else
5: I can get behind.
3: My number one <laughs> Jesus. is... Uh, m- there were uh, moments that I got distracted or faded out, and I'm always brought back to the film by Tony Stark. So he's my number one for the movie. You can't beat Iron Man. He's His dialogue, he's fast-talking. It's like the like George Clooney in no Brother Art Thou. His, everything oh. just pops with his dialogue, and he's so fluid, uh, like Steve said. So that, his chemistry with Pepper, he's my number one. Yeah.
5: All oh, right. Tony Stark needs an Academy Award. They'll never do it. They will never do it, but I so badly... I I bet he gets nominated in the next Academy Award. But that's the thing. A nomination's not enough. Robert Downey Jr. deserves an Academy Award for taking Tony Stark... (laughs) through this whole franchise and he'll never get it he I will it'll I be I'll, a lifetime it'll achievement be, no I but that's bull like that's not the same thing no like so he needs to like get it over other actors so that people actually recognize how great of a role this was not some like well we're going to create a new category so that we don't step on somebody else's feelings no step on like show that he did better than these other actors in these years because his movies made more money and well, it's never going to happen wouldn't you
3: have to create a new category for that it's boring.
5: No, I'm so, like cuz couldn't he come up for Endgame? It's
0: yeah, it's boring well I'm a because sense- I can't think of another male performance this year that's as good as Tony Stark's because they've been mostly female led movies. No. So the dearth of movies that are out there for male leads to showcase what they're doing is few and far between right now when a popularity comes along. This movie could end up being like the Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, where it starts to sweep up awards. But I'm saying, like,
5: put it up against Django Unchained. Like, put it up
0: against all these other movies. Yeah,
5: well, but that's the thing. Like, we have all of these other great shows, and like, nobody's going to give credit to a superhero movie. Nobody's going to give credit to the movies that make a billion dollars, three billion dollars, and all that. And if there was a character that should finally get over the hump, that should finally pull the cork out of the academy's asses, so that they recognize the movies that maybe make all the flipping money should also get credit for good actors, it should be Tony Stark. And I don't think it's gonna happen, and that pisses me off.
3: So sounds like JC's Raver's sounds like JC's bottom J.C.'s three. <laughs> JC, would you like an opportunity to vent your feelings? Yeah, it's
0: time to vent, JC. What's your bottom three? <laughs> By the way, that is not
5: one of them. <laughs> that was his
3: honorable mention.
5: Okay. Uh, number three, why the secrets from the people that would be Avengers? Like, what? Wh- what? What I mean, <laughs> why the secrets from the people that would be Avengers? So the Avengers are Captain uh, Thor and all this. Why did S.H.I.E.L.D. keep secrets? Like, you were going to form this group, you were going to have this group to protect, and, like, they sort of created this, oh, spies, we're keeping secrets. We're hiding the hydro weapons and all this. And in my head, I'm like, w- why? Like, why keep the secrets in the first place? If this is Earth's mightiest heroes and you were going to hide secrets from them, but then at the end of the film, you know what? Yeah, go on. Like, now, it's okay. It's like, that's a hard leap for me. Okay. that That's, I feel like that's a forced problem. Like, they needed to create drama. They needed to create something that's going to divide them. And thus, the more I think about them, I'm like, no. Like, logically, they would have never kept secrets from Tony Stark because, okay. A, Tony Stark would have probably figured them out anyway. He does. And Captain America, Thor, all of these guys, like, why? Huh? If you're going to use them, like, if you're even considering them as this because they're gods among men and all this stuff, like... Yeah. Why the bullshit smokescreen like it makes no sense. Yeah. So that's my number three. Number two oh, Jesus. <laughs> Captain America is a self-righteous pompous ass.
3: And is America's pompous ass, James. Thank you. Uh, also he thinks he's better than everyone else.
5: <laughs> and I love it when he challenges Tony about laying down his life. Oh oh wait. Who, who did that? Who actually laid down their life? Jesus. And then who went back and selfishly lived the life they always wanted to live without actually, you know, doing anything? Oh, oh yeah. So who's the self-righteous asshole? Got it. Okay, just checking. So that's my number two. And then American. his love affair with Cap America continues. And then number one, Phil Colson is an... I've already said this. Phil Colson <laughs> was an asshole in four. Then here in Avengers... We're made to believe that he's loved and he's played funny and personable, whereas he was arrogant and condescending before. Why the jump? Or at least, like, make it more clear. Because I hated Coulson and Thor. I love him in Avengers. That's confusing to me, and it makes my head hurt.
0: Can I tell you why? Sure. And it's gonna, it's not gonna make sense in the story, but it makes sense from a production point of view. After Avengers, what hit the TV screens? Agents. Of Agents sure. of Shield. Also, we, we all have he bad was days, the star. JC. but I
5: didn't. I didn't watch it.
0: We I know, but days. they had to put a positive spin on the guy because he was going to lead that
5: show. But you need positive and negative, otherwise they don't swirl around. All right. won't interact with positive.
0: Steve? They Stevie, you're up. What are your bottom three? Stevie? Oh, Jesus, you too, Steve? Okay, go.
1: Well, yeah. um, my number three is Cap. He's just an <laughs> annoying goody-goody.
5: I love him, and, Steve. Hold yeah, on.
1: during when that whole speech when they're in the in you know the lab, and he just kind of steps up and be his self-righteous person. That was it was just annoying as all hell. And um, <laughs> um, by himself, it's fine, maybe in just Captain America, but with the others, he just seems like. A goody goody two shoes. I'm right. You're wrong. We got to do it this way. But this is the mission. We got to stick with the mission.
5: No. I agree with him. Well said, Steve. You're very smart. You should be on this podcast more often. He is. I was going to say, he's been the last
1: three shows. (laughs) Um, Number two, uh, The Hawk. Um, he seemed like he was just outcasted. You know, you got to think, you got this amazing team, you know, and you know all about these other characters, and then where is Hawkeye? You don't know anything (laughs) about him other than he's just been manipulated. He's up in his nest. nest. You know, that's that's all that you kind of know. He does kind of redeem himself during the Battle of New York, which I actually really liked his little montage part in there where he tries to take out Loki. Um, But it, it kind of has a redeeming quality, but you know nothing about it. So I think they screwed up so far on that. And then my number one is, like, I guess, was explained later by Science Joe. I um, <laughs> was all, all confused on how Loki was found by the Chitari. It just left my head scratching. Like, how the heck did he just find these people? You know, so he just drops off Asgard, uh, or did he just like? kept falling and falling and landing in their lap or something. Actually, know.
5: that's a valid point because now I'm confused because according to Ragnarok, he should have, like, when he was falling out of Asgard, he should have ended up in the planet that Thor ends up in Ragnarok. So how did the Chitari get him instead of him ending up on Ragnarok?
0: Well, the yeah. Chitari got him, I don't know.
5: <laughs> that
0: goes into mine. So, Joe. Joe. Okay. <laughs> My number three is the design of Thanos in the end is very inconsistent with how he turns out in 2017. (laughs) It's bad. I don't know why they couldn't keep the original design. I really don't. If it's just CGI anyway... uh I don't understand why they have not updated it George Lucas style with an Avengers
3: special edition.
5: Because everybody you hates what will. George Lucas did.
3: I love what Lucas did. I bet had. they will. I would. did
5: too. I'm just saying. That's when the
3: $800 box set comes out, I bet the, they, uh, they update that. It'll be $1,000. Th-
5: think, think yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll get it on Prime Day.
0: My number two is that Hawkeye is completely misused in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he had been more established, then this turn for him early in the movie would probably have meant more. But being that all we got was three seconds of him in Thor... This, that's not enough. And my number one is, I just don't understand what Loki's plan is. Like, what is it he wants in the end? Because we talked earlier, Loki is on Earth to open the door for the Chitari to come through.
2: Yes.
5: He's not beaten the Chitari. No, but they work for him. No, they work for Thanos. But... According to the, him talking to the other guy who was talking to Thanos, because Thanos wasn't talking, and it was the other guy talking to Loki, Loki gets the Chatari and the Chatari are to follow Loki on Earth and essentially follow him as a king. You know that wasn't going to happen. Oh, but no. Well, no shit, Sherlock. My point is that's what Loki believes. Loki believes that Chitauri are going to follow him. You and I know that. But But Loki's Loki's smarter than this. No, Loki's crazy. He's (laughs) crazy. No, seriously. The fall down, like it snapped a brain, like brainstem or something. He's legitimately nuts. That's what I love. He went crazy. And so you never make logical decisions. You don't kill 80 people in two days if you're not crazy. Honorable mention. Yeah, Loki trying to use
0: the scepter on Iron Man's chest piece.
5: That's hilarious.
0: Sorry, right. we, we all have performance issues. I hate that scene. <laughs> I just hate it because it's like he hits it once, it dinks, and it's like, okay, aim somewhere else. He does it again. Yeah. Okay, Joel, what are happens. your bottom three? All right. So, wow, you wrote some essays like I write.
3: Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> it's not
3: that bad. It's, <laughs> the fun for me in this movie comes from like the interactions between the characters and there's just a lot of filler action. And I understand that that's what a lot of people love. And that's what makes a superhero movie superhero movie. But I find myself forgetting about the plot as a whole zoning out during a lot of these big battle scenes and just waiting for, you know, Iron Man to interact with Thor or just the interpersonal character interactions. I want more of that, uh, less explosions. But the reason I don't like those fight scenes takes me to my number two. There's a lot. Um, (laughs) It's in my honorable mention, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. There's a point where I looked at JC. I'm like, where is Black Widow putting her ammo? She is wearing stand <laughs> awesome. And then him and I both of course, that, like, it where, is not on her where, wrist. Where, where do we? Think I she's putting the, ammo? the entire where are those time. Clips? <laughs> there are no clips. She has the two. Like, there's one moment where she reloads a clip. She has
5: one clip, legitimately. We, we found it. There's one on her belt.
3: But her and belt she clips it. But her then, belt loop doesn't look like. Like, every pouch that she has looks like it's big enough to hold, like, a slammer of pods. And that's it. <laughs> like, there are. There is nothing bulky enough to hold like clips of ammo and she's going around New York City just shooting all these things. It just bothers me. I wish that she had a backpack full of dingers and she was just boom, 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 boom. That's why Django should have won the number one fight scene because that, he did carry his ammo. But
0: she she does eventually steal a gun from one of the Chitauri and use that.
3: Yeah, I just, you get what I'm saying. I get what Um, you're saying. (laughs) I'm just being an ass. But a part of this whole, in my number two, I don't love how the citizens that were on the bus... Like, so the citizens on the bus, when they come out, it's just like, it's a fender bender. They come out, there's smoke, they've got, like, blood and scrapes on their arms from one bump. And you look at all the heroes, nobody's bleeding. None yeah, of the heroes. bleeding from the head? A little bit. A little <laughs> bit. But all you has got a little cut on his arm. At the end, at the very <laughs> end. But you look... You look at these, like there are people that are laying on the street that were inside of a bus, which is like blood going down their arm, and for a while the only person that shows blood is Iron Man. Why do you say that, Joel? I'll tell you. Because <laughs> he's got a helmet on, Joe. He's the only like, one wearing hey, the question. He's the only one wearing protective headwear, so he's the only one that is okay with not bleeding. And he's bleeding hey, underneath his helmet. We all bleed from time to time. Let's Aren't... not judge the bleeding and where the bleeding comes from. So you would just think that the heroes would have more of a scrape. Let's circle back to what he just said. What are you talking about?
1: You don't want to know. They
3: they finally show blood at the very, very end of the battle. It's a little bit, but most of it is like, oh, you've got a perfect dirt streak across your face. I'm so glad you survived fighting all those aliens. My number one, um, I don't like how all of the citizens of New York suddenly had Avengers merchandise. (laughs) all of the heroes are walking away from the rubble and the new yorkers like their homes are torn down their cars have exploded and all of a sudden they're in the streets with captain america hoodies and iron man masks and i'm like oh this must be in the future it's not because <laughs> it's thor a week after. it no it's just, like they're all still leaving and maybe it was a full week after but it's like you st- but the, even a week. I mean, The Avengers still have are, like, covered in dirt when they're showing all these people, he, like, waving their flags. He's, and He's got a point, because there was a scene where they're interviewing the waitress, and she's like,
5: I'm just happy he helped. In the background, there are kids wearing yeah. the shirt. So, yeah. like... Clearly, if she's still in her rubble-like waitress outfit, right. yeah. that's the same day. So how are the kids in the background wearing Captain America and Iron Man's? Like, I I'm not it, disagreeing. I am agreeing dis- with you.
3: Funny. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like funny. They, why do like, gotta anger him, Joel? They Joel, don't, don't care about anger. their homes, their life savings, their cats that are probably dead. They're dead. Yeah, they're like, let <laughs> me put on my brand new Captain America hoodie so that, the puppies uh, live. They can sell so- sell merchandise on marvel's website um but whatever that that part bothered me and i also just don't love nitpicking so i like finding things <laughs> like this
0: okay well time for the critics rating critics jc critics
2: uh, yeah
3: we're so critics i'm not a top critic. critics darby we are the
2: darby. Yeah. Don't,
5: <laughs> don't listen to
0: me we are the
1: top critics
5: watch it yourself and then you will realize i was right it's, it's good. Uh, <laughs> We yeah, use an think. A to F
0: scale here on the Movie Planet. A C is considered average. A is the highest. F is the lowest. If the movie is so bad it receives Fs from all the hosts, it goes to a new category of movie, the Movie Planet Global Killer, a category of movie where you can watch it ironically and have an amazing time at how bad it is. But the question is, what do you give Marvel's The Avengers in the comic book feature film genre? J.C.? A minus.
5: The only reason it's not an A is because where the hell did she put the ammo clips? Thank you. <laughs> that was it. That's it. That's the only reason I knocked the point off. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. That that that's your one piece right there? Yeah, everything else was fantastic.
3: Like <laughs> This is like Whiplash. Disregard any of his rants. Yes. <laughs> Only Whiplash is like it's a B because it made me feel things.
5: <laughs> Listen back. Most of my rants had nothing to do with this
1: movie. They had to do with something else. This movie I loved. Alright. Steve, <laughs> Steve, what do you give it? Um I think I originally I, I was going to knock it down um, to a B plus, And then uh, JC accepted my friend request on Facebook. It went back up to an A minus, almost an A. Uh, my philosophy on a perfect A movie, it has to hit me emotionally. Um, mm. And this was almost there. Um, I, the only thing that knocked it down was Hawkeye. I wish I knew more about him and a little bit of his backstory. Even if it was part of, a diff- of, of another film. Um, to me, it's the best one I've seen so far.
2: All right.
0: It's funny seeing this movie for the first time and then seeing it in context as the fifth movie in a series of 20-plus. Yeah. Uh, one of the things you don't have to worry about the first time is continuity because there's nothing beyond it. This movie does a fantastic job of expanding the MCU to something beyond Earth. It was unprecedented to think that they would pull this off with all these different heroes, but thanks to the brilliant direction of Joss Whedon, Woo-hoo. JC, everyone gets a highlight moment. Nobody really outshines anyone else, and the dialogue doesn't feel forced. To truly appreciate what happens at the, t- at the end of Endgame, this is required watching. There's very few things to take issue with, but they can be big things in context to everything else. One, we know how Infinity Stones work. You must have them in your possession in order to activate them. The Tesseract is the Space Stone. It allows you to bend space to travel distances. Loki uses the Tesseract to get to Earth, but if the Tesseract isn't in his possession, how did he do this? Well, now we know there's some newfangled science jargon that happened with Dr. Selvig, and then with Bruce, and then with Tony Stark that's completely missed by 95% of the audience out there. Or should we say 99%? Because, again, I had to dig all day for this shit. Yeah. They try to cover it up in later movies, saying he used dark energy, and if that's the case, why does Thanos need the Space Stone at all then? And if the Chitauri sent Loki using dark energy, why didn't he just send everyone? And what is Loki's plan? Will he rule the Chitauri on Earth, or will he be ruled by the Chitauri? Where does Thanos fit in this ruling order? Because this is unclear, and it's a pretty big piece of the puzzle, since it's what drives the plot. I'm giving this movie a B+. It was an A when I first saw it, but contextually, I don't think they knew at the time that the Scepter and the Tesseract were going to be Infinity Stones. They retroactively made them work in subsequent movies, and but I think this movie is much different, and if they knew that ahead of time, it might have been an A, but I'm giving it a B plus.
3: Joel? Let's see what I can make up real quick. So, <laughs> it's better than average, so it's at least a C+. Yes. I watched it a second time, and I didn't hate watching it a second time, that bumps it up to a B minus. I will say this is the superhero genre. Yes. There was more than one. So it deducts it down from an A. I don't know when it comes down to it. Like I don't, this is a good movie. Yeah. But again, I'm, I'm very much with Steve. What he said resonates with me. Like it didn't make me feel great emotions. And so it wasn't anything where I was like, you have to watch this. I think that it did a great job at, at uh, sparking the interest for a bunch of other people that then go into the other movies mm-hmm. it did a really good job at tying in each character a little bit but I did find myself getting lost in the overall storyline even though it's got a storyline that's like tough to understand because again we had to research it but they still present it in a way to where you know what's going on you have an idea right um, I think it's well above average especially for superheroes but it's still not that excellent you know movie that I'm gonna write home about. Great for its time, but you since then right we've off. seen so much more that it can do. Yeah, um, I'm going to give it a strong B+. All
0: right, so two B is two A minus. That makes it a 10.5, a B plus. And if we revisit the pantheon, it's got Deadpool number one, Iron Man number two, The Dark Knight number three, Batman Begins number four, and the Avengers is nice and nestled in there at number five. Captain America: oh. The First Avenger is six. How is First Avenger ahead of Thor? And Thor, it, look at well. It, it's, it's, Thor is number seven, and Iron Man 2 what were th- drops off.
2: Sad.
5: Did I give a score to First Avenger?
0: You did, but it was like our fourth show, and
5: we really didn't know what we were doing. Can I change my score? Well, can you give a good reason for this change? What, is, what was my score before? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have not recorded it. But if All you right. would like to give a grade for this, Cap- I would- Captain America's in it, so see.
3: <laughs> so, why don't we take our critics' hats off?
5: Yes,
0: Do you thank guys, you, Joel.
3: thanks love for pushing the, the show movie like the movie or none of the above. JC
1: loved it. JC loved it. Stevie
3: Steve?
1: I loved it. Always catching myself with a smiling nod at the end.
0: I love this movie. When Infinity War came out, I was down
3: to a like, and then after Endgame was released, I went back to love. Joel? Uh I like it. It um before recently every time I or whenever I'd watch it I wanted to just go back and watch Iron Man Uh, now every time I watch it it makes me just want to go watch Ragnarok there are more superhero movies that hold my attention but it is a very good movie just not my movie
1: hashtag not my movie
3: hashtag not my movie
2: okay I can't do this (laughs) so Joel do it
3: the ultimate question is this kids you know them pre-college maybe their first second year would they love this movie would they like this movie or do you think they'd be like avengers who JCR? you ready or do we need to go straight to steve
2: i'll go steve, uh, steve's got it, steve's uh, got it, got
3: it.
1: yes Yes, they'll be happy they stuck through it because the Battle of New York alone. It's all over the place just like how these kids are today. Yeah. I I agree. I
3: think standing alone, the kids will enjoy it. It's a good gateway film. It for sure helps to see the earlier ones, but it's nice that you don't have to see any other films to enjoy this. But yeah.
0: I'm gonna go next because I just wanna end with that. I think Standing Alone, they will. It's a good gateway film. It for sure helps to see the earlier films, but it's nice that you don't have to. It for sure helps, but let's be honest.
2: What is happening?
0: JC has written a word in here, and I have no idea what the hell it is. Okay.
3: <laughs> uh, it seems like a highway in the British Columbia.
0: But, <laughs> but let's be honest Probably in saying that Marvel has only gotten better. This Thor character is good, but he's a dud. Once you've seen Ragnar, that's you, Joel. I'm reading yours on accident. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: mean, I agree with everything you're saying. <laughs> the, okay. For those listening, there Let will be start a video over. on YouTube of Joe editing. I'm like, this. I am have-
0: <laughs> sweating. Okay, I think kids will look at this movie nostalgically, which is funny because their nostalgia is like 30 years earlier. <laughs> I think they'll like this because it's not as big as what's to come. Okay. So, JC, please enlighten us as to what the hell you're trying to say here.
5: Well, the question said Are pre college kids going to love this movie, like this movie, or none of the above? Yes. I said, "Um, Sure. If they can stop waxing coquilely long enough to enjoy themselves. Waxing what? Coquilely? Like whatever, like you talk about. Bullshit that doesn't actually mean anything, but you just talk to hear yourself talk.
0: What's talk the word?
3: About, uh, Caliglia? <laughs> Caligula. Caligula, <laughs> the great Roman emperor. From it's Sim- not
0: Coquihalla, <laughs> as it says right now. <laughs> oh, no, did,
3: that's the highway in did, the province of British Columbia. Oh, hell,
5: hell's uh, hell's highway. That's a good show on Weather Channel. We've gone. <laughs> oh, we are so off the rails. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs>
3: it
5: is a good show. Are you
3: talking? Are you trying
5: to say quiz? That is Coquihalla. I'm trying to Hall say Highway. coitus? They so, call it the coitus. Oh <laughs> co- okay. No, mm. waxing coitus. Like co- there's a term. If the wife was here, she'd tell me what I mean to say. Waxing co-co-co-co-ly. Co. I can't say it. I, I know. You couldn't write it either. <laughs> well, they didn't need to read my script. They just need to hear my voice. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
3: That's the end. A free 100 quiz grade to any student listening to this that can figure out and return to... Do they know your last name? Yeah, on this podcast? Yeah, it's Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. If you can return to Mr. Sarah, what this word means that JC's (laughs) trying to do, he'll give you a free 100 on your quiz. (laughs) All right. He spelled it C O Q U I H A. No, I spelled it differently than somebody did
5: the autocorrect. I spelled it how I thought it you sounded. You spelled
3: C O Q U, <laughs> I A L L Y. I'm copying it. Yeah, I'm pasting it.
5: Coquillily.
0: Co- <laughs> why say really. Okay. <laughs> well, everybody, thanks for
3: listening and happy movie watching. You guys want to add anything? Um, yeah, coquilly, That is the language of ordinary or familiar conver- conversation. <laughs> see, formally. see, I. So JC is saying he thinks that for all of you that are just going into college, he says if you all can stop talking long enough, then yes, you should enjoy this. I'm glad uh, we got to the bottom. Waxing, tucking, it, you'll you keep like seeing it. plethora. I don't think you know what that actually you'll means. Like it. <laughs> Whatever.
0: JC, anything for the good of the order? Bye, Steve. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my line. Steve,
0: anything for you? Um,
1: Yeah, I will tell you this right now. This has kind of been a, I, I just crossed something off my bucket list. So I was, uh, <laughs> Joe, you did a – Well, don't knock the wow, bucket I'll over. You, then you that, dump everything
5: is... out. That's a lot, you... lot to pick up.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was uh, – thanks, guys, for uh, being on here with me and um, Joel. No, it's a true pleasure.
5: Anytime, Steve, anytime.
1: <laughs> Real pleasure.
0: Well, that's all we've got time for today, Movie Planeteers. Next show, we'll continue our look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Iron Man 3, the beginning of Phase 2 of the MCU. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast, Podbean, or Spotify, and give us a four or five-star review. Tweet with any questions, comments, theories, and I'll try to fit them into the show next time we're on the air. Send those tweets to at MoviePlanetPod and like us on Facebook and Instagram using the links in the show notes. The opinions expressed on the Movie Planet podcast are those of the individual hosts. The Movie Planet podcast is not affiliated with, prepared for, approved, or licensed by any entity that created any films discussed or reviewed herein. All movie clips and music included in the podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. They are included here for the purpose of review and no infringement is intended. Special thanks to Twisterium and Soundjay Music for providing any intro or closing music we use for any of our other shows. All right, well, happy list, happy movie watching, everybody. Bye, Steve. Bye, Steve.
2: We're Bye, up. Joel.
5: I said it first. You can't <laughs> take it.